Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Warrior Project podcast. My name is Emmeline. I'm a mental health consultant. Over the last 10 or so years, I've endured extreme trauma and I also manage bipolar naturally. This podcast is a platform for me to share all of the unconventional wisdom that I've acquired over the last 10 years. If expansion is your thing, this is where it's at. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Worry Project podcast. I wanted to dedicate today's episode to going over all of the different ways that healing can show up. And I guess I want to discuss the reality of healing and the reality of expanding your conscious awareness and the reality of expanding your consciousness. Um, Because I feel like There's a lot of people out there that are all about love and light, which is great. Um, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. However, I do feel that there's a lot of misinformation out there about the reality of this path, the path of healing, the path of resolving wounds, resolving triggers, the healing path in general and elevating your consciousness. And I think that the misconception lies in the fact that People understand that there is a degree of discomfort associated with facing the depths of yourself, uh, forcing yourself to sit with past experiences that were painful for you and caused a lot of suffering. And I think to an extent, people understand how essential those parts of healing are. However, I really think that there's another layer that isn't mainstream information and that other layer is learning how to fully immerse yourself and be consumed by temporary suffering in order to be exposed to grace or to God or to the universe or to a savior. I didn't fully understand this layer of healing until probably the last year or so. Um, Prior to the last year or so, I had endured a lot of hectic, uncomfortable, uh, dark parts of myself. I mean, I had to admit a lot of parts. Um, I had to admit a lot of things to parts of myself. I had to look at a lot of parts of of myself. Um, I had to sit with a lot of shame. I had to sit with a lot of embarrassment. I had to instill a lot of compassion. So, I mean, I was used to dealing with discomfort and sitting with it. I mean, I mean, for example, to overcome an eating disorder is extremely difficult because you can't abstain from food. Um, so I would say that one of the things that was the most difficult for me to overcome was uh, bulimia because I had to separate myself from the part of me that was driving the bulimia and understand and integrate that part of myself. So, but that was multifaceted. I had to understand that I was hyper fixated on time because culture and society had conditioned me to be driven by time and timeframes and I was driven by cultural and social standards of beauty. So not only was I worried about time and fixated on time and felt pressure all the time, 
I was also trying to look a certain way and I also loathed myself uh, because of beliefs and values that I had absorbed when I was a child. So I was carrying a lot of unworthiness. I also was using bulimia as a portal for control and release because I felt that I had no control over the direction of my life because I felt that my parents were driving me to be something that I'm not. I had to be the smart girl, the good girl, the girl that went to uni, the girl that was planning to earn a lot of money and work in a corporate job. And I realized that that wasn't who I was and it wasn't who I wanted to be, but I felt that it was my only option Um, because up until a certain point, you believe everything that your parents say and you take it as gospel and you think that that's the only way. So I was forced to sit with the discomfort of admitting and acknowledging that I didn't think I was worthy, I didn't think I was valuable, that I was trying to attain unrealistic standards of beauty and health Um, and because of my hyperfixation on time and pressure and control, I was not nurturing myself towards health. I was condemning, loathing and punishing myself towards health. So it was very uncomfortable for me. And that healing journey was, to to be honest, it felt like suffering the whole time. And do you know what? I mean, I'll get to the other part of healing that I'm wanting to discuss, but I feel like a major part of healing that people don't talk about is that it's subtle and that's something that's huge for me. I mean, it's something that my mentor and I discuss quite often is the incredible subtlety of the healing journey. And I actually didn't even realize that I had healed from bulimia until I paused one day and I zoomed out and looked at my life and I thought, huh, I haven't binged and purged or thrown up what I've eaten for, you know, three and a half years or whatever it was at the time. And actually, where are we now? 2023. Um, yeah, three years. Um, and it was, yeah, it wasn't until I <clears throat> paused and looked back and thought, oh, I don't do that anymore. And I can't even imagine doing that anymore. And the process of healing from something such as bulimia, what happened was it was progressive. It wasn't a, yep, I've done this really great therapy session and I've had this epic realization and now I don't have an eating disorder. It wasn't like that. It wasn't a switch, to be honest. It was a progressive, subtle expansion of my conscious awareness. And the episodes started to happen less frequently. That's how it began. Um, The episodes started to happen less frequently because the way that I was relating to myself, to my body, to the world, it was shifting. And I was less focused on time. I felt less pressured. I felt that I was finally more in alignment with who I wanted to become. So I started to loosen my grip. I started to loosen my grip a lot on old beliefs that didn't serve me. And I started to realize that the way that culture and society had tried to condition me to live wasn't law. And I didn't actually have to abide by the standards and expectations that culture was presenting to me. And when I started to have these realizations, 
the way that I related to myself and the world around me began to shift. And as a byproduct of that, the bulimic episodes started to happen less frequently. Instead of daily, it became weekly. Then it became every 10 days. Then it became fortnightly. Then it became monthly. And then it just died off. It was something I didn't do anymore. It was just, it was as if a progressive shedding of a skin. And once that skin was off, I didn't feel the need to put it back on. And I think that that's another, you know, that's one of the misconceptions of this healing journey is that I think that people want to believe or that they are convinced that if they just have one really great hypnotherapy session, or if they have one really great therapy session, or if they really throw themselves into like a one week retreat and, you know, they'll come back and they'll be healed. It doesn't work like that. It just doesn't. Um, it's progressive. It's subtle because God, the universe, grace, whatever, whoever your guru is or whoever you devote yourself to, they're subtle. And the conscious awareness that you have within you is a subtle, gentle presence. And that's the way that it operates. That's the way that it moves through you as a subtle, gentle presence. And it begins to expand and expand. And as it expands, you realize that you need less, you think less, you do less, you be more. And that's the nature of healing. Now, the other misconception that I wanted to discuss is, and I got sidetracked, um, I know that a lot of you understand the degree of discomfort that is associated with healing. You're all aware of that. But I wonder, are you actually aware of the depth of suffering and pain that you must endure in order to be exposed to grace? Last year, I experienced something in my personal life that rattled me to the core. Um, it was a shock. It was something I didn't anticipate and it involved someone that I love. And my response was very painful. I experienced a lot of emotional pain. Um, I'm talking like hands and knees on the floor, sobbing, fetal position, horrific. And I realized that the more that I resisted the suffering and the more that I tried to regulate myself, the worse that I felt. And it took me about four months to come to terms with this fact. But when I did, it shifted everything rather than resisting the suffering and trying to dim it down and manage it and balance it. I fully surrendered to it. I have a vivid memory of being on my hands and knees on the floor in my bedroom. And I had my head sort of like in my elbows and I was bent over on the floor and I was sobbing. I was sobbing. I, I had my head in my hands. It was uncontrollable, inconsolable. Nothing could have consoled me in that moment. And I fully surrendered to the suffering. I allowed the grief to consume me, the despair, the anger, the frustration, the sadness, everything. I allowed all of it to consume me and I surrendered. And 
I pled, like I, I was pleading and I was begging for grace, God, the universe, the guru, whoever. I was begging for this thing that is bigger than me, consciousness, whatever. I, I do speak to consciousness, so we'll just use that. I begged consciousness. I said, please, please take me, take the suffering, take me. I fully surrender to you. I fully surrender to you. Please, please dissolve my suffering. Please allow it to move through me and out of me. And I was begging and I said, please take it, please take it, please take it. And this is probably going to sound really woo-woo to a lot of you because, you know, this episode's pretty spiritual. And I guess this is you guys starting to realize <clears throat> how spiritually inclined I am. But I fully surrendered to the grace of God. And within a few moments, the suffering dissolved. It subsided. And I stood up, had a shower, cleansed myself. And the next day I felt lighter. And the day after that, and the day after that, and the day after that. Leading up to that point, I had allowed myself to endure the suffering, but I had tried to regulate and control it. So I had allowed myself to break down and cry and told myself that this is valid, but I hadn't actually allowed myself to fully surrender to the entirety of the suffering. I didn't allow myself to get consumed by it because I was afraid. I guess like the rest of you guys, I was I'm not afraid to discomfort and pain, but I was afraid to completely surrender and devote myself to this suffering and to allow it to fully flow through me and then resolve on its own and come out the other way and turn into grace. I wasn't allowing the full process of suffering to transmute into grace and love and compassion. So up until that point, I was sort of, you know, having these meltdowns, I was crying, I was screaming, but I wasn't fully surrendering to it. I wasn't fully staring it in the face, staring all the parts of me in the face that needed me to stare at them. I wasn't doing that. And after I fully surrendered and I looked at the dark parts of me and I acknowledged the parts of Emmeline that I was clinging on to, the fear of judgment, the shame of my personal history, the fear of disappointing my family, the fear of other people thinking that I'm a piece of shit, the fear of the way culture and society views me, the fear of never having stability, the fear the fear of not being fully solid, the, the fear of not being accepted, the fear of being misunderstood. And it was never ending. And I just looked at all of it and I just surrendered to all of it. And I just decided I didn't, I didn't want to be driven by this, unconscious bubbling fear anymore. And I just endured all the suffering that this particular incident had activated within me. And it was like a really painful shedding of a skin. And I didn't notice the effects of it straight away because as I mentioned previously, this sort of work once it's endured and you start to walk on the path, you feel subtle shifts in consciousness. It's not like a light switch. But looking back now, I haven't endured debilitating suffering like that 
it's almost as if everything has just been fluent and light and nothing's really stuck. Nothing has really stuck to me or left an emotional residue. And that's the thing that caused that. That's the thing that causes, you know, that internal conflict and that internal suffering with people is that emotional residue, the residue of a past experience, the residue of you not allowing yourself to fully indulge in and surrender to suffering. The other side of suffering is grace. And a lot of people don't like to hear this, but suffering is a portal to peace and love and compassion and grace. It is all grace. And I think that as a collective, humans as a collective, we have been conditioned to refrain from suffering. We've been conditioned to try and regulate and control our emotions. We've been conditioned to shy away from suffering and to not allow it to sometimes temporarily consume us. And I think that that's a major pitfall of humanity because each time I've allowed myself to be temporarily consumed by excruciating suffering, I always come out lighter, more free, less burdened. I feel like a weight has been lifted off me because I've endured, I've endured the suffering. I've looked at the fear dead set in the face and realized that I can integrate it. It can be a part of me without driving me. And then it's all the same thing. Love, suffering, pain, compassion. It's all neutral and it's all part of the human experience and all of it can be grace. And I think that a lot of people, they don't allow themselves to lose control, as in they don't allow, they don't allow themselves to experience the full range of emotion. They don't allow themselves to feel the full range of grief, the full range of sadness, the full range of frustration, the full range of heartbreak, the full range of loss, the full range of confusion or overwhelm. We, we, we rob ourselves of that experience because we're afraid of what's on the other side. And what's on the other side is just grace. It's, it's calm. It's peace. It's almost like when you watch the ocean and you watch the waves rise, 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 and you sometimes you see really, really, really big ones and then they crash and it's a huge crash and you might get tumbled around, but then it takes you out to shore And then it's just calm. And I think that too many people believe that if they allow themselves to feel the full range of their emotions, that they will fly into a despair and they'll never come out. But the opposite happens. And really what's happening is the reason that people are anxious and depressed every day is because they're managing the emotion. They're trying to control their feelings. They're trying to control the emotion. They're not allowing themselves to feel the full range of it. So they're just kind of sitting in this place of limbo, this place of I can't acknowledge this thing fully. I can't look at this thing fully. I know that it's there, but I'm just going to keep it simmering. I'm just going to keep it simmering and it makes me feel depressed and anxious and panicked. I'm constantly on edge, but I'm too afraid. I'm too afraid to let go. I'm too afraid to fully let go and allow myself to be released into this scary ball of suffering 
So I would rather continue to live in a manageable state of depression and anxiety. And that's what the vast majority of people do. Every single person knows exactly what it is they don't want to look at. They know exactly what it is they don't want to feel. And it's not as bad as what we think it is. That's the misconception. We think it's this big, huge monster that's going to swallow us whole and then we're never going to come out of the other side. The way that you're living now, I know that you say to yourself, it couldn't get any worse. Well, if it couldn't get any worse, you may as well allow yourself to feel the full range of that emotion that you keep repressing. Every single one of you, deep, deep down, you know what it is that you don't want to look at. All you have to do is look at it. And all of the accompanying emotions that come with it, surrender to the full range of them. Be swallowed by it. It's just an emotion. It's just a wave. It's a wave and it will crash and you'll get spat out back onto shore to safety and it will all be calm. It will all be calm. The way that you are managing yourself now is just that. You're managing it, controlling it. It won't get any better if you continue the way that you are. The only answer is for you to look at the thing that you don't want to look at. You don't have to expose it to anyone else, but you have to expose it to yourself. You have to allow yourself to feel the full range of whatever it is you're too afraid to look at. And will it be painful? Yes. Yes. Fuck yeah, it will be. It will be so painful. But it doesn't last. It's temporarily excruciating, but it's just suffering. It's just a feeling. It's just a feeling. It's just a belief that doesn't belong to you. It's just a value that doesn't belong to you. It's just a past experience that isn't you. You're separate. You're separate from these things. And when you observe them, you realize just how separate you are from the things that you thought you were. The only thing I can tell you is who you think you are is not true. And if you actually allow yourself the space to observe and witness the things that are going on within you and you allow yourself to feel the full range of them and then you watch the way that they pass and then you just allow yourself to sit in it and just be in it, the compassion that you have for yourself, it will increase significantly and you won't be the same person. It will be subtle at first. As I've said, it's a subtle shift, but this is the way forward. And if you want to take your consciousness to the next level, you have to surrender to the suffering. It's only temporarily consuming and it is not you. You're safe. Now, I feel like I have to um, put like a disclaimer here. (laughs) Don't do anything unless you get clearance from your doctor or your GP or your blah, blah, blah. Don't sue me. Um, This is my personal spiritual experience, but there is spiritual literature to support this as well. But I guess I'm just telling you what essentially helped me overcome substance abuse, addiction, bulimia, self-harm, managing bipolar. I don't even think I'm bipolar anymore, if I'm quite honest. But I've endured very, very deep, deep depths of pain and suffering and I used to just manage it and now I don't because it's dissolved. So I hope this made sense. I hope it didn't freak you out and make you think, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Like blah, blah, blah. You know, this is just free information that is designed to 
expand your awareness and help you to understand suffering and that it's nothing to fear and that you're safe. If you want to reach out or you have any other questions, you can reach me on my website on the contact page, thewarriorproject.com or on my Instagram, thewarriorproject. Other than that, once again, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this wasn't too spiritual woo-woo for you. If it was, oh, well, go listen to another podcast. Um, But other than that, thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you on the next one.